Thank you, Elder Don. I appreciate what you have brought to our attention this morning. <coughs> and I sat there as we were singing songs, and I thought, how great God is to bless us to be able to come together and worship him in spirit and in truth, unmolested and unafraid. <coughs> I've had several thoughts. I trust that you'll pray for me for what time that I might stand before you this morning and that he would not, you not only pray for me, but you would pray for yourselves. <coughs> I want to talk in connection somewhat of what Elder Watson brought to our minds, and I would like to center our thoughts mainly on regeneration. But I want to start back over in the 32nd chapter of Deuteronomy, and I want to begin with the ninth verse. For the Lord's portion is his people. I remember many, many years ago, Elder Sonny Piles was preaching at Muleshoe, and he told a little story that got our attention. He says, a visiting preacher was visiting my sister's house for lunch on Sunday, and these two boys were there. And at that time, the lady of the house had all the elders, all the adults to come to the table and eat. The two little boys were outside, and they heard the lady ask the visiting minister, Sir, would you like some pie? And he said, yes, I believe I'll have a portion. The little boy said, look in the window and see how much a portion is. And he did, and he said, what would you find out? It's pretty near all of it. <laughs> so the Lord's portion is his people, those that he chose in Christ before the foundation of the world, before there were any people. And then <coughs> Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him. Now there was a saying going years ago, I found the Lord. Mistake. You don't find the Lord, the Lord finds you. Where did he find Jacob? He found him in a waste howling, in a desert land, in a waste howling wilderness. That's where, by the way, he finds every one of his chosen people when he brings them up from under a state of death in sin to a life in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> he led him about, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle, stirreth up her nest and fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him. Now, I, I'm not sure uh, all about an eagle, but I know it builds its nest upon the cliffs of the rocks, and its little young ones 
are in that nest, and they tell me that that little eaglet won't learn to fly until there's not anything left to hold on to. I find that's the same way with you and I. The Lord first shows us, lights our, shines that light within our heart, brings us out from under a state of death in trespasses and in sin, and we see what we are by nature and what we made, must be by grace. And we begin by our own work to try to bring ourselves out from under that condition. And as long as we've got something to hold on to, we'll hold on to that. I find that a lot of times when the Lord begins dealing with us and we begin to see what we are by nature, and by the way, by nature, we deserve to spend an eternity separated from him forever and forever. And we begin to try to bring ourselves out from under that condition and we go out and we try to pray and call upon the Lord and it seems like our prayers just hit the ground and don't go above our head. Well, I'll go to Dad. Dad is a good man and he prays to the God and God hears and answers his prayer. He goes and Dad prays for him, but he doesn't get any relief. That's another stick gone. He said, well, I'll go to Mom. Mother always is a good Christian woman and she always prays and talks to the Lord and he blesses her. He goes and she prays, nothing happens, another stick gone. Well, I'll go to church. Well, he goes to church and the preacher preaches, but he doesn't do anything, what the preacher said, and don't do, didn't do that, so another stick is gone. He finally gives up. He finally comes to the bottom and hits the bottom, and he says, well, I'll go one more time out in the woods and I'll pray and uh, probably never see another sunlight. He, go <coughs> he goes out there and he gets down on his knees and he prays and all at once the birds are singing, the, the stars are shining, the, he, hear, he feels better than he's ever felt before, the light's shining round about him, but he knows it's not him, it's the God of high heaven. <clears throat> so we find this morning that we as a people are all made of one man. Adam is our federal head. Over in Acts 17, verse 26, I hear the apostle Peter saying this. He God hath made, he hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. By the way, digress just a little bit here. He didn't make man to dwell on anywhere but the earth. And every time you go out into space, you've got to take part of the earth with you. There's not a single instance in the Bible where it says anything about aliens on, foreign, on an outside planet. Amen. <coughs> He hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth and had determined the times of before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Well, what happened to us? I find when God made man, 
He was a good man. He had no sin dwelling about him. Uh, he had it made, in fact. God formed him out of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. He did that for man, and he didn't do that for any other creature he ever created. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And there we find then God didn't, didn't create man and place him upon the earth just to do nothing. He planted a garden eastward in Eden, and by the way, I believe that garden of Eden can be a type of the church. But he didn't send Adam out to plant that garden. God planted the garden. And there he placed a man, and there he gave that man a righteous and a holy law. And he said, Of all the garden, all the trees of the garden thou mayest eat of it, but not but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Well, we find there then he said it's not good that man should live alone. I believe that's true today. I mean, it seems like a, a lady or a wife can get along fairly good after the man passes away. But when the, wife, when the wife passes away, we as men have trouble. But anyway, he said, I'll make a helpmate for him. Then God caused all the creatures which he had created to pass by Adam. He had a lot of knowledge. And he gave every creature that passed by its name, but no, no helpmate was found for Adam. Then God caused a deep sleep to come upon Adam. You see, Adam didn't have anything to do with choosing his bride either. God caused a deep sleep to come upon Adam. He opened his, his side and took out a rib. I want to tell you something else here. God did not take a foot from Adam, a bone from Adam's foot that he would walk on his wife. He didn't take a bone from his head that he would rule over her dictator-wise. Where did he take the bone from? The rib from his right side, close to his heart and under his arm, showing love and protection. Then what did he do? He closed that place up, woke up Adam, he brought the woman to the man. I've been guilty to saying sometimes back, way back earlier, well, I found my wife. <laughs> I chased her until I got her, but the Lord, I found out the Lord brought her to me. <clears throat> so we find here that we were all in Adam, and then... Something happened. The first time I see anything of the devil in the Bible is in the third chapter of Genesis about a serpent. He was more subtle than any other creature that the Lord had made. You mean God made the devil? Yes, he did. But he didn't make him evil. He didn't make him crooked. But then we find the serpent began to talk to our mother Eve. And Every time, seemingly, that Satan brings, comes to beat us, he begins to try to place a doubt in our mind. As God said, you shall not eat of the trees of the garden. Eve said, he said, we shall not eat of it, neither shall we touch it, lest we die. 
Then when she saw that the tree fruit was good for food and pleasant to the sight and good to make man wise, she took of that forbidden fruit, that tree, and she gave to her husband with her, and he did eat. I thought a lot of times, well, if I'd have been there, I'd have probably eat it all myself and forgot about my wife. But she thought of her husband, and he, he wasn't off somewhere wandering around. He was right there with her. And so he took and he did eat, and when he ate, we find that they were eyes were opened. I find that they see that they were naked, and Adam and Eve died. Well, I find somebody said, "Well, I find they they lived on, they raised children." Yeah. They, they didn't die a natural life. They died a death in trespasses and in sin. But I find something else happened. Before that they ate of that fruit of that tree, they were naked and they weren't not ashamed. They were satisfied where they were. And a sinner, a, a person, an a individual that is uh, has not had yet to change, has not been brought out from under the state of, re of death in sin. He's in a state of nature unchanged by grace. He's satisfied where he's at. In fact, he thinks he's probably better than anybody else. But anyway, I've got to go on. But then we find that they took fig leaves and sewed them together to make aprons for, and I, think, I find that's a good picture of man's own righteousness. In Genesis, we find it says all their righteousnesses are as filthy rags. But then God appears, and they said he heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day in the garden. Okay, they heard a voice. I believe they, that they were regenerated when they heard that voice. For Jesus says in John 5, 25, Verily, verily, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Not maybe so, that's a shell. They heard the voice of God, and they hid themselves in the garden, in the, in the trees of the garden, and God said, Adam, where art thou? You mean God didn't know where Adam was? Of course he did. But he was asking Adam, where, you, where are you, in order that Adam might realize where he was. And he said, we hid ourselves among the trees of the garden because we were naked. He said, who told you you were naked? And then we find man gets caught at doing something he shouldn't have been walking in or going, doing, or doing, and God finds out, or God confronts him about it or brings his conscience in respect of it, and we begin to try to bring it on somebody else. He said, the woman thou gavest me, she did eat, and I, I gave to me, and I did eat. And they said, well, what, what are you doing? What did you do, woman? I'm putting this in my own words. What did you done? She, she said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Then he began to place curses upon the earth, and he told Adam, and I'll go back over there in just a moment, and then we'll try to get on to where, I'm, where I hope to go. But I may have laid too big a foundation to get to it. But anyway, in, over in the 
the third chapter of Genesis, uh, he began to tell them, and and he said, uh, he said unto the, uh, <coughs> he said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And she said, the serpent begot me, and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above the, all the cattle, above every beast of the field, upon the belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. I will put enmity. Here is the first verse in the Bible that I find where the crucifixion of Christ is mentioned. I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. Thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow shalt thou bring four children and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now he came back to Adam. Unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of life, which I, of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy thirst. You want to know why we have weeds and thistles and thorns and whatever in the earth? It's because of what Adam did. And in sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face, not the sweat of the brow, but of old face. You're going to have to work for your living now. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, and dust thou art and unto dust shalt thou return. Well, that was Adam's sin. Well, let's see if it was or not. Go with me to the, thir to the 12th chapter of the book of the Roman letter, and we begin to read in the 12th chapter of the Roman letter. <coughs> no, that's not where I wanted to go. <coughs> we find here where that he says, I'll go back over to the, to the, uh, hmm. He began to talk to the man, and before I get to that, though, I want to go back to over to the gen third chapter of Genesis for a minute, but before God drove Adam and Eve out of the garden, you know what he did to them? He clothed them with skin of animals. Blood had to be shed. That's those skins that he clothed Adam and Eve with a representative of his, of Jesus Christ's righteousness. <clears throat> then I find where that he says, wherefore as by one man, that's the fifth chapter of Romans, whereby, wherefore as by one man, and by the way, some people have said in the past that when, he, when Eve ate of that fruit, that's when man fell, not so. It didn't say wherefore as by one woman sin entered the world, but by wherefore by one man sin entered in the world and death by sin. I read over in Romans 6 verse 23, the wages of sin, that's what we get for what we do, the wages of sin is death. Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death has passed upon all men for that all have sinned. 
Well, God made man, and he was a good man of the earth earthy. He had no sin dwelling about him or in him. And then he transgressed God's righteous and holy law, and he fell into a state of death and trespasses and in sin. He now deserved to spend eternity separated from God forever and forever. What's got to happen to get him out? Well, let's go to the third chapter of the book of John. In the third chapter of John, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus here, and I won't go into the details of Nicodemus coming, but I believe Nicodemus was a child of God or he never would have came to Jesus in the first place. But anyway, Jesus answered him and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man. Now I want you to know here this word man is in a generic sense. It doesn't, he's not talking about the male here. He's talking about man, woman, boy, or girl. Except any one of the race of Adam be born again. And that, that doesn't mean we, not like Nicodemus thought. Well, how can a man, when he's old, be, go back into his mother's womb and be born again? That's not what he's talking He's not talking about being born overnaturally. Right. He's talking about being born. That word again comes from a word which means from above. Except any one of the race of Adam be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He can't see it. He's not interested in it. In fact, uh, just let me for a moment go, go, go back over to the 21st chapter of the book of Job, and we begin to see this. Uh, and we'll find, as we read this uh, in the 21st chapter of the book of Job, uh, I want you to notice the pronoun I. How many times the word I hear, for that's what a man is, uh, he, he's an egotist in a state of nature, uh, unchanged by grace. He's a big eye, if you please. Uh, he says, wherefore, in the seventh verse, uh, wherefore do the wicked uh, live, uh, become old, dear, uh, mighty in power. Uh, can I digress just a minute here? Uh, I don't, I've got you chasing too many rabbits. But anyway, uh, uh, I want you to know uh, uh, the reason uh, uh, that every little infant babe uh, uh, that ever dies in infancy or ever will die in infancy uh, will bask in the sunlight of God's glory and mercy in heaven and immortal glory is because uh, uh, the wicked do not die in infancy. Only the elect die in infancy. Wherefore, the wicked do live, uh, uh, become old. Yea, they are mighty in power. Uh, uh, their uh, uh, seed is established in their sight with them, uh, their offspring before their eyes. Uh, their houses are safe uh, from fear. God doesn't chastise the wicked. Uh, he chastises his own children. Uh, but he says uh, their houses are safe from fear. Neither is the rod of God upon them. Uh, uh, and then I want to I want to bring uh, uh, back. Uh, I want to drop on down for the sake of time. Go with me to the 14th verse here. Uh, Therefore they say unto God, the wicked uh, say unto God, Depart from us, uh, for we desire not the knowledge of Thy ways. Uh, what is the Almighty that we should serve Him? Uh, and what is what is what profit uh, should we have uh, if we pray unto Him? Uh, so we find they're not, they don't have any desire there. Uh, uh, let me go again uh, over into Ezekiel. I believe it's the 28th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. And I want to notice something here of how we are in a state of nature unchanged by grace. We see, if I can get to 28, he says this. No, I want to go to 14th chapter right there. That's where I want to go. Anyway, we hear him saying, them saying this. 
the wicked, and, and we hear it, look, looking at it, I think I can quote most of it, but I better get it over here. All yeah, right. He says, uh, I'm going to begin uh, with the 12th verse uh, of the 14th chapter of Isaiah. How art thou fallen from heaven, uh, O Lucifer? Uh, now, wait a minute. Uh, uh, was Lucifer uh, in heaven in immortal glory? Uh, never was. Uh, if he was in heaven in immortal glory uh, and he fell out of heaven, uh, uh, our security isn't very safe. Uh, uh, we could very well fall out of heaven. But uh, I want you to know he wasn't in heaven with God. Uh, he was in the starry heavens. Uh, and he says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? <coughs> How art thou cut down to the ground, uh, which did weaken the nations? Uh, and then, for thou hast said in thine heart, here's where the I is. Uh, uh, he says, I uh, will ascend into heaven. I, I will exalt my throne uh, above the stars of God. Uh, I will also set uh, upon the mount of the congregation uh, in the sides of the noise. Uh, have you ever felt Satan uh, sitting right beside you when he came to church? Uh, I've had felt him uh, when he's right on my shoulder. And he's saying, uh, uh, why are you here for? Uh, uh, they got lots of preachers. They don't need you. Uh, and then when, I, when the Lord blesses me to, uh, to, preach, to preach seemingly, uh, uh, very, be blessed with liberty and spirit uh, to preach a sermon, uh, he sits there and, boy, you sure did preach a good sermon today. Uh, uh, so he's there. Uh, he comes in and sits down a lot of times uh, uh, right beside me. Uh, he said, I will sit upon the fount of the congregation uh, in the sides of the north. Uh, I will ascend above uh, the heights of the proud. Uh, I will be like the most high. Uh, and then he said, uh, God said, yet uh, uh, thou shalt be brought down to hell uh, to the sides of the pit. Uh, uh, so we find uh, we're in a state of death in trespasses uh, and in sins. Uh, uh, so John's... Uh, Jesus tells us in John uh, uh, 3, uh, except anyone uh, of, the verse of, of, the, of the race of Adam uh, be born again, he cannot see uh, the kingdom of God. Uh, and so and then we find uh, Nicodemus said unto him, uh, how can a man be born uh, when, uh, when he is old? Uh, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb uh, and be born? Uh, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, uh, I say unto thee, uh, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, uh, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, I want you to know uh, people have decided uh, they have thought many times of what the water is, uh, but I want us to notice this morning uh, uh, we find uh, a man in the state of nature uh, unchanged by grace when God created him. Uh, he was a good man uh, of the earth, earth yeah, uh, and uh, but he was not made uh, fit for heaven at a, at a mortal glory uh, at that time. Uh, he was made to dwell upon the face of the earth. Uh, in order for him to live with God in heaven uh, at a mortal glory, he must be changed uh, from natural uh, to spiritual man, uh, to spirit spiritual man. Uh, uh, he must be changed uh, from nature to grace. Uh, uh, so we find here, uh, uh, we find uh, people say, well, uh, uh, that was uh, the, that water of the natural birth. Uh, if it was, uh, Adam and Eve are gone forever. Uh, uh, they'll never see heaven uh, and a mortal glory. Uh, well, maybe it wasn't water uh, of the natural birth. Uh, maybe it's water baptism. Uh, uh, that water baptism uh, uh, never has uh, bored anyone, uh, never has saved anyone for heaven. Uh, 
and more to glory and never will. Uh, so we find here, well, what is it then? Uh, it's, a, it's a cleansing efficacy uh, of the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, how do you know that? Uh, well, let's go over to the first chapter uh, of the book of Revelation right quick. Uh, and let's begin uh, with the, uh, <coughs> the, I believe I'll just begin with the fifth verse. Uh, and it says, from Jesus Christ, uh, who is a faithful witness. Uh, he's the first begotten of the dead uh, and the prince of the kings of the, of the earth. Uh, unto him who loved us uh, and washed us from our sins uh, in his own blood. Uh, not only now do, do we need to be changed uh, from a natural to a spiritual man, uh, but we need to be washed. Uh, we need to be cleaned up. Uh, so that's what the water is. It's a washing uh, of regeneration. Titus 3 uh, and verse beginning with verse 3. I believe I'll just begin uh, with verse 3. Uh, and we hear Paul, the apostle Paul calling, for we ourselves uh, were sometimes foolish, uh, disobedient, uh, deceitful, uh, serving divers, lust and pleasure, uh, living in malice and envy, uh, hateful and hating one another. Uh, uh, but, but after that, uh, do you love the after that of the Bible uh, and the moreovers uh, and the much more? Uh, but after that, uh, what happened? The kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Uh, how did it appear? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his own, own, mer own mercy, he saved us. How did he do it? By the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then, so we find that we must be cleaned up. Not only that, but he begins to tell us then that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. He's not saying we're just an old lump of flesh. He's telling us that when we're born of the flesh, that's all we're interested in, the things of the world and the things of the flesh. I can see two verses here. That's one of the flesh, one of the spirit. And he said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Why must we be born again? Because we were dead in trespasses and in sin. We had to be changed in all I'm glad uh, the word exchange isn't there anywhere. Uh, but we've got to be changed. Uh, what do we got to be changed from? Uh, from natural uh, to spiritual. Uh, uh, where the wind blows uh, where it listens, uh, and thou hearest the sound thereof. Uh, well, I've been uh, looking at or watching the wind uh, lately a whole lot, uh, especially up home. When I moved to Colorado, uh, uh, the wind began to blow, uh, and I told them I thought I left the wind in Texas, uh, and they said, you just thought you did. Uh, uh, so uh, how do you know the wind's blowing? You can't see the wind. Uh, you can't tell where it's coming from. Uh, you can't tell where it's going. Uh, how do you know it's blowing? I can see the tree limbs waving. I can see the grass waving. Uh, uh, I can see the evidence uh, of the wind blowing. Uh, the wind blows where it listens. Uh, thou hearest the sound thereof. Uh, canst not tell when it's coming uh, or whether it goes. So is everyone uh, that is born uh, of the Spirit. Uh, so let me look uh, what happens. Uh, let me go over to Ephesians uh, 2 verse 1, uh, and here he says, you, uh, hath he quickened. Uh, that quickened doesn't mean uh, to make you move faster. Uh, it means infuse uh, life into. Uh, you hath he quickened who were dead uh, in trespasses and in sins. Uh, where in time past you walked. Uh, how were we walking when we were dead in sin? Uh, were we trying to find the Lord? Uh, were we trying to follow him? No, it doesn't say that. Uh, you, where in time past you walked uh, well, according to the course of this world, uh, according to the prince of the power of this era, uh, and, uh, for, uh, and, and were by nature uh, 
uh, the children of wrath, uh, even as others. Uh, we are born into this world a sinner uh, by nature, uh, and then as we begin to grow in age uh, and learn the things of nature, we become a sinner by practice. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, so we find then uh, uh, that he quickens us. Uh, he, tell, he tells us uh, over in Colossians 1, uh, uh, being being delivered uh, from the power of darkness, uh, and he who, he, he who hath delivered us uh, from the power of darkness uh, and translated us into the kingdom uh, of his dear son. Uh, well, what, how did that happen? Uh, let me go over to the fourth chapter uh, of Second Corinthians, uh, and I want to read a little bit here, uh, beginning with the third verse. Uh, and he says this, uh, uh, But if their gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Uh, I realize uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ is hid from the dead and sinner, all right. Uh, but Paul is talking about children of God here. Uh, they're, they're, they're lost to the, to the truth of the gospel. Uh, why are they lost uh, to the truth uh, of the gospel? Uh, he tells us in the very next verse why they are, uh, in whom uh, the God felt with a little G, uh, in whom the God of this world uh, hath blinded the minds of them uh, that believe not, uh, lest the light uh, of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. Uh, uh, but we preach uh, Christ crucified. We preach not ourselves, uh, but Je Christ Jesus uh, the Lord, uh, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Uh, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our heart. I want you to know Paul didn't say he has shined from without to within our heart, but he's on the inside. He shined inside our heart. Who God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the power that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So he shines a light and he changes us. Let me go over to 2 Timothy 1 and verse 9. He says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But is now made manifest, how is it made manifest? By the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. I want you to know that death is that eternal death. He's abolished it. He's got out of the way. We'll never go back under that law of sin and death anymore. Who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality and a light through the gospel. Let me go over to 1 John 1 and 9. And as we read in 1 John 1 verse 9, <coughs> he tells us here <coughs> in John 3 verse 9, excuse me, <coughs> in 1 John 3 verse 9, whosoever is born of God doeth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. I read that when I first started studying the Bible, and I thought, boy, that don't include me. Well, I sin every day of my life, and the Bible tells me the thought of foolishness is sin. Well, what's he talking about? I believe he's talking about what he says over in the 8th chapter of Romans in the first verse. <coughs> I hear people, I've heard ministers or some say that this was, this was timely. I don't believe it at all. There is therefore now. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. How do you get in Christ Jesus? Well, I just 
accepted him. I just followed him. I just believed on him. No. How do you get in Christ? Go with me to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Then I read over in, second, in Ephesians 2, verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who are created in him. And it says, who walk not after the flesh. I want you to know, I believe and I know from experience that when I walk after the flesh, when I follow after the things of the world, my conscience gets on to me, tells me about it, uh, and I, 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 not, uh, I have a condemnation. Uh, but this condemnation is a condemnation of the law of sin and death. Uh, you cannot get there. They, they, this is characteristic. This is the same as those in John 5, 28, uh, uh, when, God, when Jesus says, uh, the hour is coming when the dead shall, when all that are in the grave shall hear his voice uh, and shall come forth. Some, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, they that have done evil uh, unto the resurrection of damnation. That's the characteristic uh, of these. And this is a characteristic of one uh, who is created in Christ Jesus, uh, who walk not after the flesh, uh, but after the spirit. How come? Uh, well, notice the second verse. Uh, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus uh, hath made me free uh, from the law of sin and death. Uh, i got to find a quitting place somewhere. Uh, let me go over uh, out of the Ezekiel uh, for a moment. Uh, and over in, the, uh, I believe I'll go to the 36th chapter of the book uh, of Ezekiel. And I want to begin uh, with about, <coughs> I want to begin, well, if I can get to the right one. He tells us here, then in the 36th uh, chapter of the, well, I'm not in that. No wonder I couldn't find it. I'm in Isaiah. Let me go to the, to the book of Ezekiel. In, in, I'll just go to the 11th chapter first. Uh, in the 11th chapter of Ezekiel, uh, it tells me this. Uh, uh, here he says, uh, uh, let's see where I want to begin. No, I, I don't need that. i go to the 36th chapter of Ezekiel for the sake of time. In Ezekiel, he says this. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. Why does he sprinkle clean water upon us? He doesn't just pour it. He sprinkles clean water upon us. If I can get to that chapter that I want right quick, my pages are sticking together. <laughs> okay. And then he says in the 25th verse of the 36th chapter of Ezekiel, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. Why does he sprinkle it? What happens when it's sprinkled? A drop goes here, a drop goes here, a drop goes there. That's election, is it not? He sprinkled the water upon us. He elected us. We didn't elect him. I have chosen you. You have not chosen me. I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness, from all your idols, will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you. Now, he's not talking about giving us a new heart of flesh, which we got, which we call a heart, but he's giving us a new seed of, a folk, of a emotion. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I believe that's a heart transplant. Well, 
Somebody one time said, why, preacher, don't you know if the heart's taken out of you, you die? Well, that's what they used to think, but they transplant, they take a heart out now and put one in. But anyway, Jesus said over in Deuteronomy 32, 39, he says, uh, well, maybe I better go look at that. I thought, I thought I could get it, but I'll just turn to it right quick. 32 and 39, he says, see now that I am he and there is no God with me. I wound and I heal, I kill and I make alive. What does he do? He kills us to the love of sin. He takes that old emotion, seat of emotion out where we love to do the things of sin and follow after sin. He puts us a new heart within us and that this new seat of emotion causes us to want to follow him and we don't, we don't like, we mourn on account of sin. We mourn when we follow, don't follow him. <coughs> a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Over in the 11th chapter of Ezekiel it says, I will be their God and they shall be my people. So we find, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We must be born again. We must be changed from nature to grace. We must be given a spirit. Did you know that when, and I won't take, this is a big subject, another complete subject, but I want to look at something over in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul says in the 51st verse, Behold, I show you a mystery. I want you to know that God, Jesus Christ, didn't just die for the soul or spirit of man. He died for this old body also. He didn't love the sins of this body, but he loved us in spite of our sins. Even when we were dead in sin, he loved us. Paul says, Behold, I show you a mystery. Now, he didn't say, I'm going to explain this to you. Paul couldn't explain it. He hadn't experienced it yet. But it's a mystery, and it's still a mystery to us. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. I'm glad it's not exchanged. We'll be changed. Well, people say, yeah, but you know, when Jesus comes back together his own, we're going to know all about it. We've got satellites circling the earth, and it'll tell, tell us, here he comes. Well, you know what? He's going to have to hurry because it tells we'll be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, and that's faster than a blink. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on him, Incorruption and immortal shall put on have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Over in his, over in Amos three three and over in angel Amos three, I think. Anyway, it says God says I will destroy the grave. I will I will raise him death shall be no more. Anyway, that's that's what that's I won't take time to look it up. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is it all. But thanks be to God. Why? Who gave us the victory? Which giveth us the victory. How did he do it? Through our Lord 
Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for your kind attention. Come ahead.